you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They fake to Gore, cross the middle, back in the end zone, Andre Johnson. Boyer loads it up, fires it to the end zone, and it is caught. He's got He's it. He's got it. And they go back to Gore, and Gore is in for the touchdown. Boyer looking everywhere. Pressure coming, and he unloads it down the field, and it's intercepted. They're going up top, and they're going down the field, trying to ice it. Hilton has it. Oh, Matt Hasselbeck, the 40-year-old backup, best quarterback on the field Thursday night. Hoyer, gonna Hoyer in the end. Turned out to be a fun Thursday night game. Colts win it in Houston 27-20. I'm Greg Rosenthal. I'm here with Chris Wesseling. We're going to talk about TNF uh, for a few minutes, and then we're going to get to uh, Dan Hansis, Mark, and all of us will discuss the week Five slate. Chris Wesley, your first impressions of the Colts getting uh, a big AFC South win going to three and two. Very important game with with, uh, I think, what, four undefeated teams in their next five games. That's right. Yeah, they get in the Patriots coming up next. The over the hill gang got it done for them. Frank Gore, Andre Johnson had two TDs in his return to Houston. Hasselbeck played through a bacterial infection and, and managed almost a perfect game. It's crazy how well Hasselbeck has played the last two weeks. It's been a lot of fun to watch. I guess just because it's been a while since we've seen him, and he's been in the league since the 90s. And just seeing a guy at 40-year-olds, he's clearly playing with like a lot of joy, but he's also been really effective. There's really no doubt that the quarterback play for the Colts has improved since Andrew Luck got hurt, which is, which is crazy to think of. I'm not saying Matt Hasselbeck's a better quarterback. Of course, they're going to go a lot further with Andrew Luck, and they need him to get back on the field. But he's been very effective in both of these games, kind of old crafty throws, different arm angles, uh, very smart decisions, and, and making some tough throws. Yeah, he's been the ideal backup quarterback, and that's why it kind of – frustrates me when I see teams willing to go into a season with a with an obviously bad backup situation because you have to just get through these tough games and put your team in a, in as good a shape as possible entering December and teams with good backup quarterbacks can do that this game was in the end a lot of fun we thought it was going to be a stinker but this Thursday night slate this year they've been entertaining I mean what more do you want in a game uh, came down to the end. Hasselbeck with the big throw to Hilton to clinch it. That came after Brian Hoyer's interception. And the game, to me, came down to the reaction shots throughout uh, the game. The Texan sideline. The Texan sideline. Ryan Mallett taken out uh, in very weird circumstances. It looked like he got hit in the midsection. He took himself out. He wanted to come back into the game about two plays later. And Bill O'Brien... Didn't let him back into the game. Hoyer hits a third and long, and suddenly Hoyer's going down the field. They get a score, and Mallett loses his job that way. I've never really seen anything quite like that. He didn't just lose his job. He almost lost his mind. (laughs) They caught him cussing on the sidelines. He was pouting throughout the game. Tanya Ganguly of ESPN, a beat report for the Texans, noted that Hoyer and Mallett weren't within, what, 10 or 12 feet of each other the whole game? No, Dan Hansis is going to – 
really miss Ryan Mallett. And I am too as a, as a starter. But he went out and – You're bl- going to miss him. Well, just the comedy. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to miss him. This game was only turned out to be good because they got Mallett out of there. Uh, but he went out in a blaze of glory. I mean, this was full Mallett. The, the shots – he looked like a brother who had just seen his other brother, like – just took his toy away and he's sitting there with his arms crossed the whole game. And so that's going on. Meanwhile, Bill O'Brien had a couple great reaction shots during the game, right at the end of the game when Deandre Hopkins had a big penalty against him, him screaming at Hopkins. And then the look on his face and, and him saying, why did you do that? When Hoyer threw just the terrible interception to end the game. Mallet's, Last 12 possessions over the last two weeks have resulted in zero points. Mm. Hoyer's last 10 per, uh, possessions over the last two weeks have resulted in 41 points. Garbage time or not, the difference there is startling. Right, and today wasn't garbage time. I think this was the best Brian Hoyer game that he's had since that Thursday night uh, win over the Bengals, or at least the win that, that got the Browns to 7-4 and four last year. It's been a while since he played this well. He played just about a perfect game, too, until that throw, but... That throw was exactly the type of mistake he made in week one, which was he had tons of time, was very indecisive, and instead of giving up on the play, after a while just threw it up for grabs, and then the game's over. That's why Brian Hoyer can't be called a game manager because he makes bad decisions. Unlike Mallett, he can move an offense. He just makes bad decisions, which makes him a bad quarterback. This is is such a painful loss for the Texans to lose at home. If you can't beat the Colts without Andrew Luck – at home, when are you ever going to do it? And they had to watch Andre Johnson, who hasn't done anything this year, come into their house, score two touchdowns, get six catches, go over 70 yards, have that type of performance. I don't think you could draw up a worse loss for a team than the Texans had. Well, they seem like they're down in the dumps because the quarterbacks are holding the team hostage. Mm. And, you know, the defense shouldn't get off the blame either. Um They've been a sieve in the middle. Everybody has carved them up in the middle. And when you get pushed around by a soft team like the Colts, that's pretty noteworthy. Yeah, the the Texans, I think, were lucky uh, to be in this game at the end because they were pushed around up front on both sides of the ball. J.J. Watt got nothing done. Uh, the Colts ran the ball well. They protected Hasselbeck well. They got after the Texans quarterbacks a little bit better. At least they stuffed uh, the run. Arian Foster with another uh, forgettable game. So the, the Colts were the better team here. They're at 3-2. and two. Texans at one and four. And, and finally, I mean, the final reaction shot I really got to kick off was Andrew Luck just loving this game. I mean, he almost liked this TNF game as much as I did. Yeah, it was interesting <laughs> to note the difference between his reactions and Mallet's. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good <laughs> One call. guy wanted his team to do well. Well, it's good. The Colts, you know, they're not a great team, but their defense has been fine this year. They're at three and two. The, the Texans, I think, are – have we forked them yet? We have forked we have. them, and it's good because they're not coming back from this. They might be the worst team in the league. They are. So we, we've said enough about them. I think let's get to the other teams playing this week. I'm going to send it over to Dan Hansis. Let's start previewing some games. The Around the NFL podcast is under the spell of Fitzmagic. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Christoph Wessling, and Greg Roosevelt. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's happening? What a lie at the top of the show. What? About Fitzmagic. 
I am not under the spell. That does not speak for the entire group. Maybe for you, Dan, but not no. for anyone. Else. Obviously, no, 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 not me. I am. I know the Jets aren't going to win a Super Bowl this year. It's going to be 44 <laughs> years and counting or whatever because of Fitzmagic. I think they have everything else in place except for the quarterback, Gino. Oh, yeah, that's it. Otherwise, you could just start sizing those rings now if it wasn't for quarterback. No, everything else. Whatever the 100%. boss on your throne of sleaze, if the Jets had Tom Brady – or a quarterback of that level or close to it, they would be a Super Bowl favorite Okay, with this so roster. If they had perhaps the greatest quarterback of all oh, time God. on their team. You're gross. Then, then yes, they would be a <laughs> You're a, Because the Patriots are rolling, what have they won, 37 straight games now dating back to last year? You're just – if we had Andy Dalton, if the Jets had Andy Dalton, we would no – See, that's where I disagree. Right there. No I'm right there. You're what? right. You're right, but if you put Tom Brady on – 15 teams, or Aaron Rodgers on 15 teams, they'd have a, a shot. By the way, the New York Jets, in a bye, we've just spent three minutes discussing them. That's true. <laughs> put Aaron Rodgers <laughs> on the it. Buccaneers, and I would consider them Super Super Bowl favorites. Uh, I'm and, not kidding. And your boy, by the way, you're you know, shouting down from the rooftops about quarterbacks, your boy Geno Smith, who you support, the Geno Coaster. Mark my words, uh, Fitzpatrick, as good as things have started, after two losses, they'll get him out of there. Yeah. First two-game losing streak, they'll get Geno back in there. Got to see what Gino looks like with Chan Gailey. We know Might what be better. looks like. Um, Wes. No curiosity on my part. Nope. <laughs> Wes, <laughs> yes, uh, thanks for joining us, by the way. <laughs> what do you mean? I came in early. I mean, we're, you know, getting ready to roll, and we're all sitting up here, and there's no Wes. Yeah, he just rolls and puts on his headphones. Like, now we can start. You're it's about me. <laughs> Wait, what was that, Wes? <laughs> it's about me. I like that drop. That's the old TD drop. <laughs> trying, to get, trying to get me to remove my hat again. Ooh. We really just always <laughs> be ready with that drop. Really, anytime Wes shows any small amount of hubris. Hey, I came in early. I'm a noon. I'm a noon Thursday guy. <laughs> it's about me. That is um, no. We're glad to have you, Wes, because you. we couldn't. We couldn't do the show without you. Well, you could. You've done it before. That's true. I mean, none of us is irreplaceable. Well, Mark says he is irreplaceable, but other than that. I don't feel the way at all. <laughs> it sounds like he wants to leave. This is the uh, – <laughs> yeah, Mark, you can go if you want. I, I don't want to go, but, I mean, that's – you know, you're putting me in a position saying that I feel irreplaceable. They could fire any one of us at any moment. The world would continue to spin. Well, that's true. Fair uh, point. On that, on that positive note, <laughs> we, uh, we move on to the week five uh, preview. We got a lot to get to, and by the way, this – this is our second of three podcasts this week. Our Sunday show, our flagship show, like to call it, uh, we'll be recapping all of the uh, week five games that you can see on YouTube. That's on video. These shows are audio only. Greg and Wes did a spectacular job, uh, I thought. Uh, I haven't heard it yet, but I will in the future. Uh, recapping that barn burner in Houston, Texans, Colts, Hasselback. Barns were literally burned in the Hasselback game. Hasselback v. Mallet. And, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit like we were taping this before that, that game. Uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say you guys aren't going to have like 14 minutes to chew on a game like you usually do. Give me a break, 14. Bailed <laughs> shot right there. How is it bailed? I'm bailed at all. I'm just saying, unless Andrew We've Luck had some pulls great a Willis Reed or something. It, the Thursday night games have been great this year so far. Everyone used to dog them. They've been very Well, great. that might stop tonight. We'll find out. Yes very true so it is time now to you know we're getting this is a really meat and potato show in the sense that we're here to talk about the games to be played how many by teams by the way this week four four so 32 minus four is 28 28 divided by two 
14 games. A game was played on Thursday night. There will be a game played on Monday night. Just letting you know. So what's the math? Well, we're going to be talking about 13 games. <laughs> Greg, correct? That's not, right. Not Very bad correct. for a guy who got a 38 on his math exam. 39 state mandated <laughs> New York State Regents test. Uh, math is hard. It is difficult for me. All right, let's get into let's let's start going. Let's start with the Washington Redskins and Atlanta Falcons. We'll go through the early games, then the late games. The Redskins, of course, uh, two and two, and uh, the Falcons undefeated at four and zero, uh, and looking to stay undefeated against a frisky Redskins team uh, that you know we expected. I think in our preseason power poll, we just released our second power poll. They were. Uh, 32. They were the last team in the league, according to us. Now we moved them up about 10 spots. We believe a little bit in the Redskins, but Chris Wessler. They're in the top 20 now. Do we believe, Wes, that the Falcons um, will go down at the hands of the Redskins in the spot? In Atlanta? I mean, in A-Town? In (laughs) A-Town. I don't think the Redskins are going into A-Town and coming away with a victory. The Falcons are a good football team. The Falcons get better every week. It's like the defense gets a little more confident each week. I think, you know, they, they got away with a couple of close wins early, but I think the offense, really both sides of the ball have improved each and every week for Atlanta. I mean, I think this is one of – this might be top one or two best games of the week. Really? Because I believe yeah. in the Redskins in a, a lot dome. more after watching them on Game Pass. I yeah, you you love Kirk Cousins. Explain you do. That. Well, I know. Greg and Greg got very upset at me on text message because he's telling me how amazing <laughs> Sam Bradford how? was, and I was two and a half quarters <laughs> into the game, and Kirk Cousins <laughs> What are you talking about? I love how you guys upsetting. are having a slap fight over Kirk Cousins Who is and Sam upset? Bradford. I wasn't remotely upset. Whenever, well, were d- whenever one da- anyone deigns to disagree with Mark on any opinion, he thinks the world's attacking him. I mean, I just think Kirk Cousins is an uh, Mark, how about that uh, big, uh, bigger overall criticism of you right there? Let's get into that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think I think the Washington though is a completely different team than they were a year ago. And Cousins is—I'm not saying Cousins is Tom Brady Jr., but he's more than capable of pulling off some upsets for this team. They've only allowed five sacks all year. I mean, their line is completely different than it was last year. They're rushing the passer. I think Preston Smith, their rookie linebacker, has been interesting too. I mean, they've got some pieces they didn't have a year ago, and this is the kind of team that could give Atlanta more of a challenge. Trent Atlanta. Murphy won that game for them. Trent Murphy. Uh, that game was already over, won. When took he over the game a little bit in the last five, six minutes of the game. After the game was already won, he had three sacks or whatever in the last 30 seconds of the game. Uh, he had a good fourth quarter before that. And I, I agree, though. Cousins and the coaching staff has done a terrific job. 41 minutes time of possession last week. I mean, they – they do exactly what they want to do, which is have these long drives, and they don't ask Cousins to do much. He almost never goes downfield, and when he does, it doesn't work out very well. But he hits those third and five passes. He knows where he's going with the ball. They've been very good on third down in the running game. We've talked about they've, they've taken turns who's been good. Alfred Morris, Chris Tom. It's a very deep running. Let's, Chris Thompson stepping up. Speaking of their running game, I mean, Matt Jones, we were talking about before the Thursday night giant game that Jones could be a rookie of the year guy. He has struggled a little, struggled a little bit the last two weeks, had just seven carries and just one in the second half. Uh, against the Eagles, is it a mistake not to have him more involved? Is he a guy you want to feed more? I know there's a lot of talent back there, but they kind of took I, him out of the I'm game. I'm not worried about him at all. I mean, I think part of it is the fact they have Alfred Morris, and, and you, you know, they've got more than just weren't running back to feed. They have to play Thompson on passing downs because he's so yeah, much better than the other two in that situation. I think Jones could be a good third down back, but Thompson's been a revelation. I mean, that This is the backfield that the Eagles expected to have 
three deep, a nice third down back. I mean, it's one of the better groups in the league. You're right that they've been impressed. I think they'll really miss Jordan Reed if he doesn't play in this game, though. They will. Speaking of time and possession, number one and number two in the league in this game in time. Falcons, too, yep. Mm. Wes, do you know what I hold in my right hand oh right God. now? Oh, God. Get rid of that thing. The NFL Network Research Packet. Not fun. Whoever said have fun tonight with a research <laughs> That's read stats out of a packet like a robot. Above me. I used to, last season, you might remember, I played Europe, the final countdown. But then Europe went and sold out to Geico, and we've had to listen to that song yeah. 47 times per game uh, for every NFL game. So Europe, you're gone. <laughs> Wang Chung, you're in. <laughs> anyway. Never thought I'd hear those words. From the NFL Media Research Packet. And I this was a is big Europe fan note. when I was nine. Superstitious <laughs> was number one in the MTV charts for like wow. three straight months. No one remembers I, that I thought song. they only wrote that one song. I, I, never, I never watched that critically. Like if they told me Superstitious was the number one song in the world for three months, I said, well, that is, that's true. Greg up it in his bedroom, be. childhood bedroom, headphones on, yeah. mouthing the words to Europe. <laughs> was Europe a power band? Uh, well, they are power kind ballads. Like a hair band. Asia was a power band. Let's right, not sorry, get off. Sorry. Let's not get off the topic <laughs> that I I hold in my hand the NFL research packet, the bane of Wes's existence. But this is an interesting note about the Falcons' offense, which has obviously done great. But Roddy White's been interesting. How about this stat, Wes? He's led wide receivers this season with 235 snaps played, but has only been targeted. Guess how many times he's been targeted? 235 snaps. 18, 18 times. 13 times. Well, he went two games where in back-to-back games he had one total target. That's, Yoinks. That's crazy. I think they trust he, Hankerson more. He complained about it this do. week. Roddy did said, I'm not just out there for blocking. I'm getting open. He sees these numbers. It shows how good they are that Roddy White is looks just about done, and it doesn't matter. Well, Hankerson's making pretty good. It doesn't matter. He's never been good that good until this year. I mean, they're they're very give, similar. Give they, somebody Matt Ryan, and they'll be good. They, they lead the league in ten play drives. I've never seen a guy do less to get a forty-two to nothing lead than Matt Ryan last week. Not that he played poorly; he was just kind of out there doing like a Kirk well, they're balanced type finally. of job. That they're that good a team, they can take a forty-two nothing lead without much from Matt Ryan. This is how you know, by the way, that Mark has a, a, a love for the Redskins. Here is that a team that was thirty-two in our power poll last month. You're now picking them to go into an Atlanta and beat an undefeated team. Wow. That would be a hero pick if Greg didn't turn on us. Well, I believe in this. I mean, uh, I, I really think this is going to happen. And also, I am last, dead last in the picks. By the way, you're two games the behind me, start three games behind West, or four games behind West, and it's week five. You don't have to go crazy on these uh, picks. I, two games behind the fifth worst person is not something that I'm striving to be. You are. Well, also, by the way, nine games I believe right now. this is right. going to happen, and I'm going to be right. It's not, I, a, it's not a crazy upset. The problem is your quarterback throws like Uncle Rico when he's trying to throw it far. It's like <laughs> a little frisbee. Talk I to me on nice, Sunday. Uh, nice callback. You have read pop culture callback by Greg. I, I, I thought the same thing. Like I know you just watched them last night, and I watched them after the Rams game and fell for them. I fell for Redskins fever. And then Kirk Cousins went into the Giants game and had one of the worst <laughs> games by any quarterback all year. I know. All right, next up, a, a battle between 2-1 three teams, but they are uh, not teams you would say are going in the same direction. The Browns are one and three, but have the worst defense in football statistically right now. Um, not playing very well, obviously. And then the Ravens, who also one and three, also with their backs against the wall this season, but just had uh, and yes, they got a little lucky, of course, maybe a lot lucky, beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Thursday night to get in one three, get to one and three. And Mark, um, you are, I f- personally, and this isn't official until you announce it, I thought that you were 
uh, embargo or temporary ban or whatever you call it, um, conscious uncoupling of the Browns ended on Sunday when you were watching the game on your TV at your uh, cubicle. Um, but I did a radio spot in Cleveland yesterday, and it was amazing how negative that town is about the Browns right now to the point where he kept on the guy, and he was I can't remember the host's name right now, but he did a nice job, but every question was like, how do people view us uh, from outside Cleveland? Is it that negative? Is there any hope? And I was like, I don't know what to tell this guy. Well, I mean, but it's not ill-placed because if you've watched all four Browns games, they can't stop the run. They're not running the ball very well. They don't have a quarterback. Josh McCown, actually, and I know he's – and it makes sense. He's very low on Greg's QB rankings. But back-to-back 300-yard games and played well against the Chargers. But he played awful the also, week before. I'm just saying, so the 300-yard right? game means nothing. It the means something. Give you a what he did against to. the Chargers, Absolutely. he played a very good game. Very Greg's going to give you a talking to, by the way, because Greg's big on branding, and it's the QB index. QB index. <laughs> what did he call it? QB, QB rankings. rankings. Yeah. Well, the, the vanity rank. URL is yeah. hashtag QB rank. So to to that point, first of all, are you you're back in a little bit now after the few weeks off? Not really. I mean, I I'm a I listen. I'm a Browns fan, but I'm not emotionally tugged into this game, this team week to week because if you look at their schedule, Ooh. they are heat seeking a two and fourteen season. So it's not. It's I, I'm not going to ride this ship where three Sundays out of the entire. 2015 season are even mildly pleasant. I I think offensively, they haven't been great, but they've probably been a little better than you could expect. It's really been Mike Pettin's defense overall, other than the Titans game. That's been a big that will get Pettin fired too. Because if they do, let's say they even play a little better and they go five and eleven or something like that, um, maybe he keeps the job and gets a third year. But if the defense stays bad, that's his calling card, and he's got to get more involved and take care of that. Or they have, there's no reason to keep him. Well, well forget, th- forget five and eleven. Why not go two and three? I mean, this. I'm surprised the Ravens are a heavy favorite in this game. To me, the Ravens are very lucky to have beaten Michael Vick, or else they'd be zero and four. I, I think they're a team that gets down to the wire every week. The Browns are turning into one of those teams too, and that's kind. Of, that's what I expect out of this but, game. Yeah, they don't. The Browns typically the Jets game did not go well, but they're not getting blown out. They're staying close, but they are one in 13 against the Ravens. Mm. And there is a connective tissue to that. It's Harbaugh and Flacco. They found a way to be Cleveland over and over. A little believe landmark. You took the Browns in this game. Only one of well, because I don't think that it's, I think the Ravens have plenty of flaws and, you know, th- when's the last time the Browns went into a game with the better skill position talent than their opponent? Oh my God. Is that even true? Maybe when in they this had game? maybe when they had Gordon Joe and Flacco Jordan counts Cameron? as skill. Kamar Aiken is the Ravens' number one receiver. Is is Gilmore playing for uh, Baltimore? Do we know right now? I, I would say that's close. Flacco is well. Gary anti- Barnage is out playing Crockett Gilmore. <laughs> Flacco is the anti Eli Manning right now. Eli Manning, to his credit, has been a, like a metronome this year. He's basically the same player every week. A B minus. Flacco is so wildly up and down. That's his entire career. Yeah, and depending on the week, depending on the quarter. So if you get a bad Flacco, maybe you win. Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson first. Cleveland back since Lee Suggs and William Green in 2004 to go over <laughs> each go over 100 yards from scrimmage in a game. I think Duke Johnson is something they didn't have to start the year, and he's he's doing what they what they wanted him to do, and that is a plus for their offense because they don't they just don't have that talent. Uh, moving on, here's perhaps the game of the week: the Seattle Seahawks two and two. Uh, fortunate to win Monday, but they got the job done at home against the Lions to pull even. Uh, in the win-loss column, and now they head to Cincinnati to face the Bengals, who are 4-0, looking great, looking tremendous. 
And, you know, Marvin Lewis, by the way. Well, is, Marvin uh, Lewis is an idiot. What was that, Mark? <laughs> well, Marvin Lewis is an idiot. Well, I'd like to say that's out of context, but I don't know how else you can frame what I just said there many months ago. So. Anyway, so, yeah, the Bengals are 4-0, and and now they get the Seahawks, Greg, uh, who clearly on Monday we know they haven't turned the corner and they're not the Seahawks yet, and we don't even know if Marshawn Lynch is playing. It looks like he's going to be a game-time decision again. This seems like a really tough uh, assignment here for Pete Carroll's team, right? It, it does for a team that's not the same on the road under Pete Carroll and definitely is not the same on the road in the first half of the year. This is usually when they struggle. I, I mean, I'm excited. This is definitely the game of the week, I, I think. I mean, it's a big spot to see kind of what Seattle team shows up, especially the offensive line, because I don't think Russell Wilson has made imp- improv- improvisational plays nice. like as consistent as, as ever. Like he's, that's their whole offense. I don't know if that works against a good defense like the Bengals. They are a good defense. Geno Atkins is on the all-pro team for the quarter pool, Mark. Oh, the Chris Wesseling all-pro team, NFL.com slash all-pro. Bang. Pac-Man Jones is a reserve on that team, too. They've got some interesting defensive players. How are we doing on the uh, end-around vanity URL? That's coming this week. (laughs) Okay. It's on, <laughs> it's on the way. It's on the way. And around and sponsored now. You're always, you know, very into sponsors. I am. The thing with the Seahawks, though, I don't know. Their defense still could be just as good as it's ever been. I think Michael Bennett's having the best season of his career. Yeah. I think, you know, we've, we're calling the Broncos the best defense in the league. The Seahawks are looking like that defense. The thing you notice watching them, and you see it with the Falcons, maybe it's the new money ball, is tackling. There was a big – there was a big – article about it last year how the Seahawks teach tackling they're like the best tackling team ever they also don't have the new money ball the new money ball involves the most basic play in football well, watch, going back to well go watch Cleveland's defense well they know how to, they they know how to teach tackle. it because the Falcons do, are suddenly no, an they, amazing tackling team they teach a strike zone from the chest to the hip they want people to hit hit them in the hip and they I've seen Pete Carroll videos they they do stress that doesn't everybody stress that no no hmm. I don't think so by the way, this Andy Dalton narrative that you know, or this ascendancy—he's uh, up to 10.2 yards per attempt, which is outrageous. Obviously, here's a quote from Marvin Jones this week to the Cincinnati Enquirer: "We're at a point right now where Andy really trusts us to be there, even if we haven't separated from the corner. He knows we're going to get the separation. That's what it's all about. Just run and homie, go get, go get it. First of all, I love the idea of Dalton—not that he said it, but being like homie, go get it. Yeah, he definitely did not Big say that. Flaming red hair, dropping homie. That's lines. exactly what's and, happened in their past few. But this is—it's amazing." This offense is fun to watch. They have a lot of Marvins on their team. You said it's your favorite team to watch. Yeah, I mean, what's not to like? Yeah. This guy, first of all, you know, I have some Dalton leanings. This guy rising from the dead. Leanings. I have some leanings. This is a big spot Rising from the dead. Where is he on the QB index? Right now, Whoa, I'm, number I brought, five in the football league. I brought it up in the in the yeah. QB index this week that if this continues, we are going to have to think about the Dalton scale. I'm not ready to eliminate the Dalton scale because it's four weeks, and but based on just these four weeks, plus didn't Wes invent it? You can't argue that Andy Dalton is you know playing almost flawless. <laughs> yeah, I think we might have to change it to the Alex Smith scale. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, like where are you, Wes, on the P scale if Andy Dalton hangs you know three or four touchdowns on the Seahawks and they move to five and zero. Oh. I would be up to like nine point eight because this is a, this game's a real litmus test for Andy Dalton, who his entire career, his bugaboo has been dealing with pressure, whether it's a big game pressure or pressure in the pocket. And this year he has not been pressured in the pocket whatsoever, so that's why he's playing great. I want to see how he does against the Seahawks. If peeing your pants is cool, 
consider me Miles Davis. Nine point eight. Nine point eight. Wow. I mean that is if they win. Remarkable. To be clear, what is the scale even about in this case? It's about how scared I am that West of us will be bo- abolished by the Bengals this year. And West of us, of course, the annual tradition that the Bengals lose. It's my favorite explanation holiday upon matter. explanation. While West gets very hammered. You're still going to get very <laughs> hammered, so it's still a party. It's only one time ever I did that. By the, West does not believe that the, the Bengals will get this done. He thinks the Seahawks will improve to 3-2, and two, as, as does Connor Or I've seen the Bengals in this spot do it over and over. And no AFC North That's team true. has ever started 5-0. and oh. Yeah, I, I said at the end, of, I tweeted at the end of that Seahawks game, like it's amazing how many games like that they have won. And Seahawks fans, oversensitive, took it as a shot. I meant it as a compliment. I mean, they just have a knack for doing that again and again. It reminds me a lot of the early uh, era Patriots. Every team leaves there thinking like we should have beat them, but it doesn't happen. Or That's the why late the 90s Seahawks. New York Yankees. Yeah. I like that. Moving on from one undefeated team to another, the Green Bay Packers at 4-0. and uh, now welcome the St. Louis Rams at two and two, coming off a great. Listen, West would, West didn't think much of it. Let's be honest; he thought the Cardinals basically gift wrapped them the game. But at the same time, the Rams—that's a big win on the road to get to two and two. And now they got an even even tougher task at Lambeau Field, where the Packers are nearly invincible. Chris Wessling, uh, what are you seeing here? I see a, a blowout because that's what happens in Lambeau Field. Blowouts. I mean, the Rams—they should be very proud of what they did and. You know, what's going on in Indy with the front office divide, that can't be happening in St. Louis because every part of their plan is coming together right now. You draft Todd Gurley. You draft Tavon Austin. You trade for Nick Foles. You build this great defense with all this talent. And it, that has to be the most inspiring victory of the Les Need jeff Fisher era of last week's victory. Mm. I, I agree because I don't think the Cardinals gift-wrapped it at all. I think it was a game where the Rams really played their A-plus game. The Cardinals played a B, and, and Foles – made four very difficult throws. I mean, every play that he made that won that game, the deep pass to Austin, the touchdown at the end of the game against a perfect blitz, I mean, he dialed up a beauty. You have to just give give them a lot of credit. And I also give credit to, on the defense, the players that don't get a lot of attention, which was the back seven. I thought the cornerbacks are very aggressive, and that's why I think they have a chance in this game. I, I also maybe thought a little high more highly of the Rams than you did coming out of the Cardinals game. I didn't think... <laughs> I didn't think the the Rams played a great game. The Cardinals are just a better the Cardinals I came out of that game thinking they're even better than I did the week before. The Cardinals are have are a team with no flaws. Well, I mean everything changes for the Rams though. If, you know, 2 weeks ago you had Benny Cunningham and Trey Mason, if Gurley becomes this player that it certainly looks like he could be, Nick Foles is in a much better place. All your receivers are in a better place. They're going to stay and on the field longer and give your defense exactly. a better chance to win. That's the key. That's their only chance, really, with Aaron Rodgers. And, by the way, from the NFL media research packet, Aaron Rodgers is 41-9. and Career started at home at Lambeau. 129 <laughs> touchdowns, 22 picks. Didn't oh, my. Breaking news here. We needed Goodness. those stats. We yeah. didn't know Aaron Rodgers was good at home. Just, you know, that's just a reminder of what they're up against here. And, by the way, we talked about Jeff Fisher, or we talked about how Aaron Rodgers, or Wes, you said, how he's taking his game to another level, including snap hard counts and getting teams to jump off sides. Jeff Fisher using an air horn this week to simulate uh, Aaron Rodgers' snap count. Oh, that savvy Jeff Fisher. He's just counting down the days till L.A. I think it happened in a team <laughs> meeting, too, to wake them up. 
I'm not kidding. No, I think he was. We're going to be alert this week, we, and he blew up a meeting with an air horn. Mm. We've got our headlines <laughs> from the future every week like on torture. on Fridays on NFL Now. If 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 uh, you folks ever watch NFL Now, and my my headline is the Rams, you know, take care of business in this game, pull off another big upset. That's uh, a weird headline. Uh, also, so that's not the headline. But also, that sounds a lot like a pick, and you retired from making quit. Well, I can picks <laughs> or quit. I, can I should just say. make. A, I'm contracted to make a headline from the future, and that was just what the future showed me. All right. Uh, amongst the people that are still picking games, we all pick the Packers. Moving on, the Chicago Bears are one and three. Got a win uh, against the Raiders at home with Jay Cutler. A gutty, heroic performance by Mr. Cavallari. Uh, <laughs> Getting the Bears in the win column at one and three. Now they go to Kansas City to face the Chiefs, and I would say that the Bears are in a lot of trouble. The Chiefs are a great home team. The crowd is great and all that stuff. But at the bottom line is the Chiefs have given up thirty points three straight weeks. And uh, you know, I I kind of Mark, I kind of still think this team is going to be okay, and they just got banged by the schedule a little bit and some bad luck. Um, but uh, at the same time, I'm not going to go crazy. You're one and three, and you've lost you know three straight games. They didn't give up. 30-plus points once last season. I mean, the defense is fundamentally not where it was a year ago. I, some of it may be the schedule, but you sort of are who you are on some level, and they're just, I mean... Broncos, it, Packers, Bengals, and back-to-back-to-back but weeks. That's well, the Broncos' offense is not a hard matchup. I mean, the Broncos' offense overall is a below-average offense. None of those teams has lost a game. That's fair, as a team. Maybe because I'm they play saying, the Chiefs. I'm just saying defensively. Wait, how did they get? How did the Chiefs give give up 30 points in that game too? It was a lot of it offensive was the, fumble re- recovered for, return for a touchdown? Yeah, it wasn't really the defense. So that's the a defense, little bit of a defense played well for most of that game. But then the next two weeks, when you're playing some of the best offense in the league, there's no rule that you just have to give up 35 points in 450 yards. That that's what bad defenses. Be an interesting rule. <laughs> we, uh, but you know, where none of us are impressed by the what the Chiefs have done, but we all pick them to beat the Bears because. Right, despite Cutler being back, this still is a, a very bad team. Well, and I think I think when you talk about picks, the Chiefs has still have one of the best home field advantages in the league, and we haven't seen the Bears go out and surprise us with a game. I mean, yeah, they hold court at home, fine. But, I mean, the Bears, what's special about Well, them? they played the three best teams in the league, arguably, the first three weeks of the season, Green Bay, Arizona, uh, and Seattle, two of those without you know, Jim, Jay Cutler. Uh, they take care of business against the Raiders. They're, they're a team I think we're still figuring out, and no one want, no one would ever dare to say anything positive about Jay Cutler. But, oh, by the way, he, he's looked fine this year. He's played well enough. Here we, I don't, go. Here we go again. <laughs> who's the better quarterback in this game, Chris? Who would you rather have? I would rather have Alex Smith. I would definitely rather have Jay Cutler. Uh, yeah, he's I don't playing know better this take... year. Alex Smith is dead last in, in QB. Alex Smith is playing terribly, <laughs> but Jay Cutler's Jay Cutler, and despite your repeated attempts to tell us he's not bad, he – gets coaches fired every other year. That's so fine, he's a bad quarterback. Under Adam Gase, who's his new coordinator, All right, scientists. he's played pretty well this year. He's due to come crashing back down to earth in an embarrassing fashion. This Chiefs year. are getting forked this week uh, if they lose to the Bears. I don't even think we would have to take a vote. Uh, moving on, let's, let's talk more one in three football. The New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints. That's the regional dialect. Um, they got uh, in the win column on Sunday night with that overtime win over the Cowboys. Uh, Drew Brees to C.J. Spiller to end it. Now they go to Philly. This is a tough game to figure out because you got the Eagles also at one and three. Stink bomb central uh, so far this season for the offense. So kind of a wide open game between two disappointing teams. Mark, your initial thoughts. Two of the worst coach teams in the league right now. Whoa! Uh, well, seeker. No one gets more credit than Chip Kelly over the past couple of years for being an innovator. Breach! But I don't think that he blamed himself correctly for not 
for poor play calling on first and second down, putting his team into a crap situation on third down over and over. And the other player that gets more credit than he should, just because every time he does anything, Sam Bradford is turning the corner. And bottom line, Sam Bradford <laughs> has been an absolute disappointment. It's got the fire about? More time than What's less. This about? No, it's because about I, text it's not about that. I said he had it the has best nothing to do with half Greg's. of the season. It is every That's time Sam Bradford does anything, these glowing articles them? are written. What, no all one, of us. Everyone has killed Sam Bradford this year. They are the biggest tire fire in the year. He's he's one of he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. No one would argue that. All right, but I mean, I feel like Bradford Be is careful, overcredited <laughs> no matter careful. what he does, and it's like, oh, the Eagles are just a, a, a game away from scoring 40 points. It's like they're not a good football team right now, and part of it is their defense too. I mean, it's a, what part of the Eagles can you look at and say, yes, they've met our expectations? How about their run defense is outstanding? I think their defense overall has totally met expectations. I think they've played pretty well. The, the offense has been one of the worst five or six groups in the league, and I think what you're picking The worst. On, what? They're the worst. I'm not the picking worst. on it. Right. It's correctly. No, no, I, they're I bottom barrel right now. What Careful, Greg. What you didn't like was that I said Bradford had by far his best two quarters, and I would throw in you know the last drive of the first half, which was great, because he had about four or five beautiful throws. They he even the showed ball. some nice escapability in the pocket. And, he sco- and they put up about 20 points in what, whatever it was, five or six drives. So if you were an Eagles fan and hoping they somehow turned the corner, that looked like a Chip Kelly offense for 30 minutes. They just didn't have the ball because the Redskins had the ball so much. And we're, I think everyone kind of hesitates to call, call the fight with the Eagles and be like, oh, this offense is not going to do it. It's a huge bust. Fire everybody. Get rid of everybody, but if they can't put up thirty points against the Saints mm. in their building, I'm I'm I would be confident saying this team is an outright disaster and they're not coming back. And the one thing, and Kelly always defends the time of possession that it absolutely doesn't matter that we don't hold on to the ball. I like teams like the Falcons and Redskins that hold on to the ball for forty plus minutes in good games. And when the when the Eagles have held it for less than twenty. Forget Chip Kelly. They're 0-6 in those games. And it also pisses off your defense that's out there on the field all day long getting chewed up. Well, they got tired last week. I think that was absolutely a factor in the game. I think it's just the off- the offensive line, it's hard to really even describe how bad they are. Like, they, they a free rusher gets in every other run play. That it's a five six yard lot. I mean, it's just cr- you just and don't the, see that in the NFL where there's that many. And Chip Kelly play. came into this season with the oldest offensive line, right? Trades away some of his better linemen and hasn't drafted a new lineman in the last two drafts. Something's got to give in this game. The Eagles generate the fewest yards per drive in the NFL, and the Saints allow the most yards <laughs> per drive in the NFL. I I think you're gonna not like this the narrative coming out of this game if you don't like it now because this to me it's a fascinating one and three versus one and three game someone's going to turn their season around playing the saints defense is the recipe to get some yeah. eagles mojo mark going. i'm a little surprised you picked the eagles here did i well because the saints are just we talked about the eagles but the saints defense is exactly what greg just talked about everyone's getting well against the saints defense and yeah, it's in Philly. We all picked the Eagles. Let's just put a little bow before we move on on the uh, Luke McCown Verizon campaign, by the way. Let's step I back. I just had the chance. Some of those backups would really shine. Let's take a step back now. Drew Brees back in the lineup, not even on the injury report uh, this week. So the shoulder issue, I guess, is resolved. Um, and let's face it, those Verizon suits are thrilled. I mean, it couldn't have gone better. Not only did... Luke McCown come in and he got all the all the pub and all the publicity and all the positive vibes. He played well. They didn't win, but he played well. 
Now he's back on the bench, mm. and he proves that the Verizon backup generators can do the exact same thing that Luke McCown can do, which is be uh, competent and uh, dependable if needed. Uh, uh, kudos, Verizon. It went perfect. I'm sure Drew Brees Brilliant. saw some of that Ed money. Campaign. I'm, get, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh, you want to talk more one and three teams? Because I got more for you. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one and three, and now they face – uh, a one and three Tampa Bay Bucks team. Oh, this is a terrible game. Ah, uh, this is just bad. I like watching the you know Jaguars. What? I don't know why. Can't talk myself That's into this one. one. Uh, Greg, I'll let you. Let you Greg, you talk about this game because I refuse to. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding you have, me? Two you bum teams. Two young quarter. I'd always rather watch a game with two young quarterbacks who can throw the ball deep. Who can even in? They a, can throw it far. It can, Great. It, no, but they do. Every game Bortles has, even his bad bad ones, I think he's showing progress, and I think he puts up four to five plays a game that are really impressive and a lot of quarterbacks can't make. And that you could really say the same thing for Winston, who's quietly – I think he's been he's been about what you would expect so far. I mean, Winston has not been a disaster on any level, no. and Bortles last week might have played Winston had two games that are unmitigated disasters. The first well, game and the last game. That's I would fair. say I would say that Winston. Part of the problem is you've got one of the worst offensive lines in the league in front of you, and that's probably true of the Jaguars too, which isn't good for either young quarterback. Bortles last week looked good to me. I thought. I don't know if that's true about the Jaguars. Like that's the reputation, but this this year at least, I don't think that's been a huge problem. I I definitely have a board. I have Bortles fever. I mean, I I believe still. I believe it's been that a case that's been chronic. That he's he gonna played make pretty the leap. well last week. I, I believe that he was going to make the leap. Connor wrote that piece, but I, I would have written it if he didn't. And uh, so I'm, I'm watching him closely, and I like what I see. For them. I, I'm not that excited to watch this game, but I do think the Jaguars will be frisky if they get Julius Thomas and the Albino Tiger back in the lineup because I don't think their weapons aren't that good. Thomas, he has not been cleared yet. He got cleared for limited practice and has finally started catching passes. Got the cast uh, up. Got the cast up, but he's still not fully cleared, so I think more likely we'd see him the week after, but he is going in the right direction at least. I have a uh, – unless anybody else has something to say on this game, I have a bit of a Sessler. Um, Sessler. Uh, both teams will lose this game. <laughs> <laughs> NFL history will be made. In Tampa, uh, that weird stadium with the ship. Can't even doubt you on that one. All right, moving on. The Buffalo <laughs> Bills are 2-2. Two and two. This is uh, uh, the last of the early games, 2-2. Two and two. Now they head to Tennessee, uh, Nashville specifically, to face Marcus Mariota and the 1-2 and two Titans uh, coming off a bye. Uh, the Rex Ryan Bills, which against the Giants, a complete disaster in terms of penalties. They're actually on pace, I believe, I won't cite the research guide, but I believe I saw they're on pace for the most penalties ever through uh, four weeks. <laughs> so there's there are some issues right now with discipline. That's what's new with the Rex Ryan team. But they've also, in two of the four weeks this season, Wes looked like one of the best teams in the AFC. I have a bad feeling about this matchup for Marcus Mariota. He he has the highest sack rate in the NFL by, by quite a bit. And you're going up against the Bills defensive front and Rob Ryan. I, have, I feel like Rob Ryan's just going to throw the kitchen sink at Mariota. One thing about the Bills, without Sammy Watkins on the field last week, that their passing game was was not itself on any level. Doesn't sound like he's probably going to play. There's a, there's a chance. LaShawn McCoy is out. Carlos Williams has a concussion. It doesn't sound like he's going to play. 
And McCoy is likely out. And so you've stripped Boom, the offense Aaron. of all sorts of Is Booby Dixon weapons. their starter? Dixon would be the starter. Who I don't hate Dixon, but that's not your plan in week five. No. And I, I went with the Titans here because I – want to see what Mariota can do. I feel like we haven't watched him in four four years at this point after the bye week. I like Mariota. I think it's a it's a tricky game. Rex Ryan has been sounding confident, shocker, saying that the kid, he's not going to have his way with us, Mariota. And he does have a – Rex has a – Why is why he does such he, an idiot? Every time – and he just today rolls out in his Buffalo Sabres jersey. Whenever he does that, they lose, by the way. He's really? not going to have his way with us. Mark, if we still had a hero picks, you would have one on the Titans. The Bills. I kind of like that pick. Why not? I do, too, because of of the injuries in Buffalo. It's a dangerous game. I think Mariota is right now a better than average starting quarterback. Until he proves otherwise to me, I think he's he's a good NFL starter. And Buffalo, for all the – like, as impressive as they've been in their two wins, man, if they lost this game, I mean, Doug Marone was getting more wins than Rex Ryan was getting. With, with a lot fair. less talent. <laughs> and just going back to that penalties thing, 47 penalties through four games. 47, which is the third most is the actual stat since 1950 if they kept this pace up. Uh, th- I mean, that is – I can't – you're going to – if you're a team that's not great, if you're a good team and you're going to play close games and you're getting penalized 12 times a game, you're banged. And it's, it's not one of those stats where it's like, oh, it's a fluke. It came mostly from one game. Like, Mariota did get sacked, was it eight times against Cleveland? That didn't help that number. But the Bills have been killing themselves with lack of discipline in all four games. Well, I, th- I think the recipe is out there for how to beat them. I want to see this Bill- – the Bills' defense needs to be more dominant for, I think, the team to really be- – they- they're not going to count on scoring 35, 40 points like they did the first three weeks. And I think the recipe is out there to beat them. It's exactly what the Giants and the Patriots did. Five wide, get the ball out of your hands as fast as you can. They have to show that they can solve that. And the Titans had a, a bye week to install a game plan that copies those Ooh, teams. Tasty. Ken Wisenhunt knows what to do with a bye week. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Well, look at what look at the masterpiece they unfurled in week one. Sounded good. Yeah, I like this. It's fine. Sounded salacious. Well, I'm just saying. I'm sure he, there's no hard work. You know, you know, as a strategist. I send put sarcasm. At the top of your list. I send some sarcasm. Well, to be honest, he has surprised me this year with what <laughs> he's hate, done with Mario. Ken yeah. I, you know what? Because everyone touts him as this like <laughs> quarterback whisperer. And go. but this season with Mariota, I think he's shown more creativity Somebody, than you'd expect. I, I'm having flashbacks to two years ago when you would rail on Wisenhut in Arizona. I like it. Somebody because well, he stunk there. I mean, you couldn't develop a quarterback in Arizona under Wisenhut if you brought yeah, two hundred. Didn't develop Max in. Hall. Let's write him off. Somebody uh, on Twitter subtweeted Mark and tweeted at Mar- and Wes and I saying that. <laughs> Can you tell Mark to tone down his quote negative Nancyness? Anytime, anytime I'm subtweeted on this podcast, I know that it's Dan's second account. When Dan needs to get a message across, this has happened three or four times. What, who am I, Bill Parcells? It's coming from Dan's second or third fake Twitter account where he's like, "Oh, yesterday in the lunchroom, ooh, someone mentioned you're being negative on the podcast." Definitely Dan's creation. I mean, if you want to look at it that way, you can. Wow. Well, I'm feeling very sure about the fact that I'll be right about this game. Let's go there. <laughs> All right. I like that. <laughs> Let's move on to the late games. The Arizona Cardinals, 3-1, and one, tough home loss. Uh, the greatest loss of all time, according to Chris Wessling, uh, at three and one. <laughs> now they head to Ford Field to face the hapless Lions, who are zero and four. A crushing loss, a, a soul-crushing loss. And it, this, these are the times when you fall to zero and four, and you just had one of the worst losses in recent franchise history. This is when it's really good and really important to have a guy like Jim Caldwell in your building. <laughs> 
this? They're bald. They're done. They're banged. Sorry. You said this was a tough game to pick. Uh, it Did is a take, tough game. It, it, honestly, it is. Uh, no, I didn't take the lines, but it is a... Mark did. Wow. Uh, Mark, a lot of uh, hero picks if we still had them. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we don't. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think because I think the lines are not terrible. We saw on Monday. I mean, they didn't look great Monday, but they did hang with the Seattle Seahawks. Did they get a first down? No, I'm saying that's why they weren't great. Yes, I can confirm that. They They were terrible. They are a terrible team. They've been mostly competitive. Defense played fine. They're a bad bad team, but they're not an 0-4 team. You know. Speaking of Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. What do they do well? Here's what they do well. They get back DeAndre Levy this week. There we go. And the Cardinals. Hypothetically, they'll do something well. Cardinals are one of the most complete teams in the NFL, but they're not as good on the road. And the Lions are a desperate team looking for a win. So I think it could be a close game, but I would not pick the Lions. Blowout. One of the things John Gruden said in that Monday night game that really hit home with me was all their money, they need to get – where all their money is invested and they need to get that money out. I mean, think about it. They're paying $40 million on a pretty small salary cap, whatever it is, to Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson. And you're getting 9.7 yards per catch from Calvin Johnson. And you're getting mediocre to sub. You called him Danny Amendola the other day. Well, that was. Who? That was Calvin, <laughs> right? Johnson. Oh, Calvin Johnson. Well, I was Danny saying his Amendola yards per catch day. is very Amendola-like <laughs> right now. Not really going wow. down, down the field. And Matthew Stafford, their, their offense is depressing because they don't trust the offensive line. Everything's short. And the chances that Stafford gets, he doesn't take advantage of. Wes, I, uh, you're right. My last uh, delve into the research packet was bad. We didn't need that Aaron Rodgers stat. But this one's good about the Lions. <laughs> The Lions are the final winless team left in the NFL. It's the eighth time they've been the last time without a win. The most in NFL history. But no pain for that. Breaking a tie with the Redskins, who have done so seven times. Uh, my point, painful. Greg, um, you're being a smart arse, but I'm bringing up the point. Yes, that is, that's pretty painful. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not, they're number four on the pain rankings, NFL.com. By the way, fixing rank. to go in five and getting blown out in their own home stadium. That would be grim. Mark, are you still confident about that pick? That's not one that comes from uh, a place of great confidence. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, listen, what these, these games, sometimes weird things happen. It's going to come down to the final play, and Detroit's going to pull off the game, even though they will not be the better team in the game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's, it, part of it is if that ever happened, we picked the Cardinals as team of ATL. They cannot, since crowning them with that honor, lose two in a row. It's so Wes better dis- be right. It's almost disloyal that you're – picking against them this week in a game they shouldn't. It really is. If you look at how my that. picks have gone, you should re- look at it reverse. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely telling you that Arizona's going to win. By the way, Mark, you're being very hard on yourself with these picks, but you did finish third in the nation a couple years back. So you could come back. I don't know why. You, you. It almost seems like a little bit of a panic move this week with some of these picks. But why don't you just trust your gut on these? That's what I've done. Okay. It, what we'll about the week out. you picked all home teams? That's what I did not do that week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to um, – this would be what CBS would call the game of the week. Uh, the Phil and Jeem Nance game, the New England Patriots against the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys on CBS. 3-0, and the Pats coming off their bye. 2-2 two and two Cowboys, uh, still Brandon Whedon prominently involved. That's depressing. Uh, some news – uh, Deion Lewis, your boy, uh, Wes, oh, yeah. got a two-year extension. So the Patriots obviously see that this is a guy that's not going to be a one-month wonder. They paid him nothing. He needs a new agent. That's the, they like, gave him a $600,000 signing bonus just for playing well for four I'll games. I'll take it. I'll take it. 
I hear you. I like that kind of party. That's like the contract Danny Wood had signed where he was wildly underpaid. Uh, the, the contract Wes Welker signed where he was wildly underpaid. They give these contracts. Once they see them for like three or four games, they know they'll take the short money. Deion Lewis could be a top ten back. That's that's a credit to that he could be organization tomorrow. I hear you. Because they like, see it. They know once they see it, and they can get in on it before. It's basically like, here, I'm going to give you more money than you've ever had. You sure you don't want to take this? But they're smart people. They well, know these guys are going to be good for the next who, five years. Yeah, this guy probably pondered the fact that his football career might be over a year ago. Sure. And we kill people like Brian Hoyer and bad play- players that ultimately aren't what we thought for not taking the money when they could. And that's what Deion Lewis did. It's this not a is, fortune, but how a, is this man, not a win-win? The Patriots reward a player who deserves it, and Deion Lewis gets six hundred thousand dollars in his pocket. I hear you. It just seemed particularly <laughs> low. I would have expected two for five. Patriots for, didn't have to give him anything. Two for five would have been a wild deal for them. Greg's agent they didn't have to does not buy into that philosophy. He's holding out for more money. Greg's agent. <laughs> and but and on the other side, the you know, this Greg Hardy's an idiot, by the way. Yes, he is. I, I mean. He's he Where's has he on the human decency scale. He's at a two point one. We talked about that the yeah. other day. Would have been one point one, but he was a guest on the podcast way that back in the day. It was a long time. Well, and ago. it was not a very special segment, so it didn't. No, help. he was good. Um, yeah, but he came off suspension, uh, a four game suspension on Monday. On Wednesday, he met with the media for the first time and immediately mentions that he's looking to go guns blazing uh, back into action this week is asked about Tom, seeing Tom Brady, and he, he invokes the great Giselle. Giselle is the proper way to pronounce it. Um, and says, you know, have you seen his wife? I hope she comes to the game and her sister, too. Just kind of creepy uh, dude humor stuff. He's just a bad person. And not with zero awareness that he just came back from a, a suspension in which he was the league uh, found after a two-month-long investigation that he needed to go away because he was involved in a domestic violence incident that, by the way, also involved guns. So good job, Dallas Cowboys. Way to get in bed with uh, a monster, basically. You're you're absolutely right in everything you say. <laughs> and yet I bet the I bet Rod Marinelli and the coaching staff, they're thrilled about this week because they said they don't have Randy. Gregory they love Giselle, too, because they have him back. They have Rolando McLean added to a, what's been a decent linebacker group. And Sean Lee was cleared to practice on Thursday, and it looks like he has a good chance to play. So it gives this defense, which played well the first few weeks before injuries hit, at least a chance to slow down the Patriots and hang in this game. No? Oh, good for you. Know. You got a few this nice players. Get I, no, I'm just saying. Patriots lead the NFL in touchdown percentage, field goal percentage, red zone percentage. They basically do whatever they want on offense. You think the Lions are the home team that's going to get blown out this week? I think it's going to be the Cowboys. I think we're Why talking. Why can't it be both? We're th- it could be. <laughs> but I'm, th- I'm thinking 40-burger and Brady keeps rolling, and this could be you know, just, a historic team. Just do it. Team. Predict a 50-burger. You're good at it. I, I won't do it because I don't think he'll do it, but I think a 40-burger is coming. All right. Oh, I mean, I think Dallas will be able to stay on the field long enough where giving up 50 points will be tough. But it, we talk about the, the return of Romo as one reason in this weird division why, why the Cowboys might still have a shot if they can roll the table once he returns. But you've got to start scoring. Brandon Whedon has not played terribly from a, from a box score angle, but you've got to put up more points. They're, they have a really weird split going on with their running game where they're averaging over five yards a carry in the first half and then around two yards a carry in the second half, which is just bizarre. I think Randall has four total carries in the second half of the last two games. <laughs> well, maybe that's part of the problem. And they say they're going to keep they're going to keep him losing Lance Dunbar for the season, which is a big loss, is a big loss. 
for them. Unless Kristen Michael can do what we think he's capable of potentially making the leap candidate two years ago. <laughs> Maybe just four years too back. early. How but about – if uh, the, here, you like the stats in your uh, research notes. I do. I love my research if notes. If you – I think one of the early ones in that mind-blowing – you know, if the Patriots win here on Sunday, mm -hmm. it'll be the most 4-0 teams in a season in NFL history. Hit Greg with a Wang Chung for that. <laughs> People just want to party with that kind of information. <laughs> Top-heavy league That's right good. now. That's good. The Cowboys are in trouble, by the way, uh, because they got, they're got they 2-2 and two now, and the next three games are against teams that have a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. You got Brady, of course. Then you got Eli in New York. That's going to be a really tough game. And then you got the Seahawks mm -hmm. uh, in your building. So they, they are staring down the barrel at 2-5 and five when you look at their schedule, and then you're in deep trouble. It's not their fault. I feel badly for them. Yeah, they've had – Absolutely terrible. Worst luck. luck of any team in the league from that angle. I mean, you take the starting quarterback and star receiver off any one of these Super Bowl potential teams we've talked about. They're and done. It, it couldn't happen to a more humble, <laughs> grounded organization. <laughs> That's a different angle to look at. By it the way, from, but. I mentioned staring down the barrel. I can make uh, gun metaphors because I haven't been involved in a grisly domestic violence incident. But I don't think uh, Greg Hardy should. Um, by the way, Gr uh, Mark, you took... The Cowboys in that game. What is going on with you this week? You actually believe the Cowboys are going to win. I'm going with my gut. Okay. This is, I remember when I was laughed at a year ago when I said Dallas would beat Seattle. I'm not, I'm not really mocking you. I'm just kind of, as I'm going I down this list, to be I'm mocked stunned when by some of my picks. picks go, you know, four and ten. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, if Dallas wants to save its season, they've got to start. They're going to have to pull some upsets. And this is a tough, this is a tough one. Uh, this is you, not a, a wise pick on my part. Straight. What? You're picking Brandon Whedon over Tom Brady. Yes, I am. I went to look to see I'm if picking uh, the Cowboys over the Patriots. Brandon Whedon's undefeated lifetime against Bill Belichick. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, here's one of the more intriguing games of the week. This is uh, the 4-0 Denver Broncos carried by their defense. Uh, Peyton Manning just along for the ride so far against the 2-2 Oakland Raiders, a frisky team that I wanted to get excited about, I wanted to believe in, and then they couldn't beat the Chicago Bears and a limping Jay Cutler, uh, so they fell to 2-2, two and two, a chance to get to 3-1, and one, and now they have an undefeated team coming into their building. I do not like how this feels. Greg, how do you feel? I, I think this Broncos defense is so good that you're going to have to be a special offense to really move the ball against them, and I think you'll have a similar game to last week. I don't think Peyton Manning will make the same mistakes, but he's making a lot of mental mistakes. Rewatching that game, he he struggled again in that game. I mean, Sam Odson wrote terrible something good. Pass should have been the PFF about been that. Picked three or four more times. He, he, in addition to the physical issues he's having, of course, some some bad uh, decision making, which you don't expect. Teams are blitzing them with impunity. And they should not making them pay because at all. Manning is rushing throws and he looks panicked. He's made some nice throws. I don't think it's all about his arm strength. It's just maybe his adjusting to his new reality that he's forced he to pass. He he's doesn't panicking. move well. well he's That's never the moved. Well, no, that, move well? He's, he is now to the point where he can't move, and it's affecting his arm and every part of his game. And you're, if you're not trusting he's your body, to get hit. you're done. Three, three drives last week that really stuck out to me where they had third and long, and they threw one of those bubble screens, and they're just hoping for yak on a third and 12 play, or they ran the ball on third and 11 in a tight game and just were decided to punt. And that, that's, not, that's not Peyton Manning 
you know, they're football. 30th in offense in football outsiders metrics. 30th oh. with Peyton Manning as a quarterback. And yet the defense who gives up yards here and there, they're always just one play away. And they're always making that one play from one big play. I mean, they say, are the best big play defense you've seen in a while. As down as the Denver offense might be right now, you're telling me that the Raiders, and I know Carr is better and Cooper's been, uh, you know, as advertised so far, Latavius Murray. I don't see him doing well against this Denver front. I don't see. I don't see them being able to move the ball enough to score points and win this game. That's fair. The Broncos' defense is incredible, like Justin Tuck said. Wes, uh, well, of course, Mark took the Raiders, by the way. But Wes, you also took the Raiders. Just because I needed a bold headline for our NFL Now segment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it was very self-serving. I wanted to write Black Hole Sun. Oh, well, that Manning. was worth it then. <laughs> Manning sent reeling by Raiders. My reasoning was no more, <laughs> really good. Uh, you know, knowledge-based than that. This has nothing to do with anything, but whatever happened to Cody Latimer? Mm, that's great. Benny question. Fowler is ahead of Cody Latimer right now. Peyton Manning doesn't trust him to be where he's supposed to be. All right, moving on. The San Francisco 49ers are 1-3. They've been, let's face it, the worst team in football for three weeks running now, and now they go to the Meadowlands to face the 2-2 two and two Giants who should take care of business here. They should get that third win, and then they could kick themselves when they realize that they should be at the least 4-1 and one and possibly 5-0 and oh in a pretty crummy division. It's not going to be that way, but they do have a chance to get over 500 on, Monday, on Sunday night football in a game in which uh, Greg, uh, Mark Sessler... Colin Kaepernick will try to figure out what's going on in his life. He talked to the media on Wednesday, said, I don't play for job security. Whether football's here or not, I will be fine. I go out. I play to win. I'm not worried about job security when I step in this building, which is easy to say when Blaine Gabbert's your backup. Well, that's fair. I mean, I the question I have is how, how his teammates are feeling about Colin Kaepernick because it sure didn't look to me that Torrey Smith was too happy with him last week, and he 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 had to almost he had to come out and basically correct reporters and correct suspicions and say no 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 you know we're confident in our quarterback. But looking at him play, what is it that you're confident in? Because he looks absolutely lost at sea. It he doesn't have a feel for the pocket. He doesn't have a feel for pressure. So that combined with he doesn't see the field very well. He doesn't see open receivers. I, that's a rough combination. I found He's a, a great runner. I found it fascinating that Jim Tom Sula acknowledged to the media that. Uh, he had a conversation with Kaepernick after Sunday's game in which Kaepernick, uh, Kaepernick acknowledged that, yeah, like that game against Arizona was so bad. I was so terrible in that game that it directly led to how bad I was against the Packers. So there, obviously there's some head games going on with him right now that, that he's got to take care of or this is not going to get turned around. You got to give credit to Greg's boy Spags here and the Giants run defense, which is incredible. They've allowed the fewest 10-yard runs in the league this year. Jonathan Hankins is playing great. Kerry Wynn comes out of nowhere to be, to be playing as well as any defensive end, not named J.J. Watt, really. Wow. Mm. That's some Kerry Wynn heat. Well, he's not getting to the passer, but he's shutting down run games. He he has looked fantastic. They haven't you know faced a murderer's row of offense, but they this is another one where I didn't think they'd be a defense that could even control bad offenses like the 49ers, and I, and I do think they'll be able to control this game. I mean, Carlos Hyde is missing an action. I feel for Hyde because he, he looked in week one like a running back we'd be talking about all season, and 
Now it's like defenses, they know that they can't get anything done through the air, so you just, he, I'd said, I'm just being seen stacked boxes. Kaepernick struggling is more depressing. It has to be so depressing for a 49ers fan. Oh, right? yeah. Because it's, now it all just feels hopeless. If you would have told us at the end of 2012 that the rookie of the year who beat out Andrew Luck would be the number three quarterback behind Colt McCoy and the starter of that Super Bowl who put up 31 points in the Super They're Bowl would be looking like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. They're, Craziness. They're, they're back to the pre-Harbor era where they don't think they have a quarterback and they don't know if they have a coach and they're losing most weeks. And I'm not going to feel too bad about the 49ers. They had Joe Montana and Steve Young back-to-back. But uh, at the same like time, 30 years ago at this point. I mean, yeah. it's, you know. Time's passing. <laughs> By the way. For all of us. Connor or yeah, time keeps marching. Uh, what if take us all one day. What if we had to say – you could shackle your. You have to be shackled with one franchise quarterback for the next ten years. Is there ten? The list of people who are more depressing than Colin Kaepernick isn't very long. <laughs> You're shackled to that guy for the next five or ten years. Geno Smith. I, I mean, like he's not a franchise quarterback. Well, it depends. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So you can't pick like Alex. Is Jay Cutler on Colin this list? Colin Kaepernick's just so hard to watch. Well, one of these guys that got one of these contracts in the last couple well, of years, he has got to be at the top of the list. But Cutler maybe is number one. I I got to look yeah. at the specifics, but. I, I don't think they're going to keep Colin Kaepernick. They can season. cut him any year. He's a year-to-year You know contract. who I don't want? If it doesn't change, <laughs> he's not going to be there now. I got the answer. I do not want a, a 50-year-old Peyton Manning on my team. <laughs> <laughs> but you did three weeks ago. RG3? Well, I wanted 39, but I don't know if I want 50. That's 50. <laughs> uh, by the way, Connor Orr, who used to cover the Giants, so he's he knows that franchise well, knows the inside of that building. He thinks they're going to lay an egg and the Niners are going <laughs> to steal one, which would be kind of very Giants for Kaepernick to kind of find himself and pull off something late in the game. But I just don't see it. Neither do the, the rest of the around the NFL crew. Taking us to our final game of the week, Monday Night Football on ESPN. We got we got a little John Gruden talking about Spider Y Banana. You, you got Mike Tirico, who's kicking himself about missing that late call in Seattle. <laughs> he's fine. He's upset with himself, so he's got to get vindication. That's what this game is all about. The Steelers <laughs> against the Chargers. Uh, two 500 teams. The Chargers in our recent uh, Mach 2, uh, the power pole, number 16. They are the Dalton line. Uh, four NFL teams at this point, and the Steelers have Mike Vick at quarterback, uh, which really evens this game out to me and makes it really a toss-up. Greg? I don't think it's a toss-up necessarily. I would favor the Chargers because of Michael Vick. I think Michael Vick, until proven otherwise, is one of the worst starters in the league, and the Chargers have to be thrilled with the schedule gods this year because they were so banged up on their offensive line, and they were 1-2, and two, and they played the only team that they could possibly protect the passer against, Cleveland, and then they get Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger. It's just... You know, a little bit of luck for the Chargers. I mean, that said, you know, Pittsburgh, to me, this is just watching the Steelers for years. I think they can win any game, anytime, no matter what's happening. But Cleveland took San Diego to the brink last week. Pittsburgh has more talent on offense and defense. So what's why it is sort of a toss-up in my book. The Chargers, they do get Antonio Gates back this week. That should help. And angry Gates, by the way. Why is he angry? He's angry at Shannon Sharp. He feels, yeah. Feels like his reputation has been soiled by besmirched. A he's got top that, analyst in Shannon Sharp. He's, <laughs> he's got that eight four speed. <laughs> be running down the middle of the, the field today. So he's Sunday. the guy that cares Sunday. what Shannon Sharp says. <laughs> Ooh, zinger! <laughs> Greg's still not over the uh, Shannon Sharp. 
uh, we are killing the Patriots uh, <laughs> sideline. Somebody call the National Guard from 1996. <laughs> Still not over, it, huh? Long time grudge. No, Greg's uh, right. Shannon Sharp, not good. I, I'm looking, terrible. I'm looking yeah. forward to after this game when if Vic goes goes like 15 for 24 for 112 yards and everyone, oh wow, Vic really took care of business. Very competent. Like I've never heard anyone more complimented. Yeah, that's fair. After people last were week, complimenting him. People were saying, "Oh yeah, he did the job." Like he, yeah. I was like, "What? What's the expert? This is this used to be Michael Vick. This used to be the man. Let I him mean, play, Todd Haley." Have we, we all entered picked. the phase of the season where the primetime games start to get awful. <laughs> this one's not bad. I don't know. I mean, it'd be better. I got a lot too too much nighttime Michael Vick in my life. I, yeah, I, I, I smell. I saw a Mark Sessler subtweet coming up from an unknown source. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty. By the way, uh, ten years you have to sign, or you have to sign up for ten years of a uh, former player analyst for every notable NFL game. Got to pick one: Shannon Sharp or Ray Lewis. Lewis. Oh no, I I have to watch them. I can't just not turn on my TV. Well, they don't even do. It's like games. that movie where the eyeballs are held open and the mm. and they get tied to the chair. What movie no, you is just, that? You take what Clockwork Orange? Yes, Clockwork Orange. To take my life, I don't want to sit through ten years of that. <laughs> Lewis, go to go to the next place. Lewis by a long shot. Lisi, he call us to a fun. long shot. Call us to yeah. info. He's one of the most annoying individuals that have ever been born. <laughs> That's a drop. <laughs> Ray Lewis. Yeah, I don't. I, that's a tough one. <laughs> Shannon Sharp would be my pick, but call us to Fantasia. Listen to Shannon Sharp for the next ten years, or Colin Kaepernick as your franchise quarterback. Mm. Painful. All right. That is the preview of all the week five games. Uh, We'll be back, as I said earlier, on Sunday night uh, with our recap of all of these games or all the games except for that Monday night barn burner. Um, So make sure you tune back in for that. And yes, that will also be on YouTube. So a lot of places to catch us there. So that's it for the Around the NFL podcast. Thank you for listening. Check us out on iTunes. Leave a review. Stan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss on Sydney. Until Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.